Hello everyone. Welcome to this podcast where we aim to go through um, one of the world's most uh, famous spiritual book uh, called as the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, the Bhagavad Gita has been read by millions and millions of people. It's been translated into uh, so many languages uh, across the world. It's touched so many people's life. It's, it's created um, uh, people with, uh, with, with a desire to share the knowledge of that Bhagavad Gita uh, with so many others across the world. It truly, truly is one of the, one of the, uh, the best books you could uh, ever read to understand uh, who we are, uh, who's God, uh, what is our relationship with him, what is our purpose in life. Um, and, and at the end of it, uh, you, do, uh, you do come out thinking, wow, I wish I had known a lot of this um, um, ages ago. Uh, but it's never too late. Um, there, is a, there is time for everything. So uh, the aim of this, um, this podcast um, is, is, is basically to introduce you uh, to Bhagavad Gita. Uh, it may run into um, hundreds of podcasts, perhaps, uh, because there are hundreds and hundreds of verses uh, in this book. Um, and we want to spend some time going through um, uh, those verses and, and see how it, uh, how it impacts us and how it can impact, impact the world. Uh, before we get into all those, um, uh, into the, into the uh, verses, um, let's understand what is Bhagavad Gita. So the Bhagavad Gita was spoken about 5,000 years ago um, uh, in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Uh, Kurukshetra is a holy place um, in India, in modern-day India. And um, two armies had assembled uh, to fight it out. What were they fighting for? They were fighting for the kingdom. Now the interesting part of this whole uh, battle is that um, the, the, the two sides, basically, the heads of two sides, um, they were basically um, cousins. Um, they, they grew up together. And, but unfortunately, one of the, um, uh, the, the cousins um, didn't really like uh, the other side. So the other side, they called us the Pandavas. The Pandavas, they were, they, they were five brothers. Um, and the, the, the side that didn't um, like the Pandavas uh, was headed by uh, a person called Duryodhana. So Duryodhana by nature, um, uh, or from the very beginning, he didn't like the five brothers. Um, he didn't like uh, anything about them. He was quite envious about them. He had his own ego uh, that he had to work with. Um, and he always looked for ways to undermine them, always looked for ways to insult them, uh, always looked for ways to kill them even. Um, and this is how envy and, and pride works. Um, um, jealousy is when you know, you're not happy uh, with what someone has. And envy is you're not happy with what that person has and you don't want that person to enjoy that. And you look for ways to uh, remove that from that person. 
So this is uh, so this was the uh, scenario um, in the royal household. Um, the five brothers and their mother. Uh, they didn't have a father. They lost a father at a uh, at a very young age. So they didn't have a father. They were looked after by um, basically other people in the royal household. Uh, but they had a very very difficult very difficult time. And uh, later on in their adult life, uh, Duryodhan, the bad, uh, the bad prince, uh, uh, or the bad king later, um, he looked f- for ways to uh, strip them of their, uh, of, of the kingdom for these, uh, because these five brothers were the rightful rulers, um, and he just didn't want them to have, um, have it. So... He devised a, a game in which um, the five brothers were called, and the elder brother Yudhishthira um, he led the game. But unfortunately, um, uh, he lost everything. It was a gambling match, and he lost pretty much everything, including uh, including the kingdom. And to make it worse, they had to leave the kingdom as well in exile. So after many, many, many years in exile. Um, they came back. Um, they had finished their quota of, of being in exile, and now it was time for them to come back um, and rule. And when he, when they asked um, uh, the current ruling king, Duryodhan, we've come back, um, or cousin brother, uh, please do a lot uh, with, uh, with the kingdom for us to rule. Now, As per our ancient scriptures, the society uh, naturally uh, is divided into four groups of people. You've got the priestly class. Uh, these are people who, who loves to be engaged in, um, in a spiritual organization, in a religious organization, doing ceremonies and teaching and, and perfecting their, their own lives. Uh, that's the priestly class. Then you've got uh, the uh, law and administration class. These are people who loved, loves to govern. They, they love to uphold truth and justice. Um, they don't hesitate to, uh, to go uh, into war to protect their nation. Um, and, 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 and these people um, have very, very high um, aspects of bravery and courage and strength. Uh, the next class of people are the tradesmen, the business people, I mean. Uh, these are people um, uh, traditionally were into agriculture um, and, and trading of minerals and clothes and grains. Um, they basically like to make money, to make profits. And then you had the fourth class of people who supported um, all the other three. Um, so these were these are the natural divisions of human society, and if you look very very closely around you in today's society, you can actually see this. You can actually see these uh, four divisions, and these divisions were not based on your birth. So that mean, meaning, if you were born into the household of a businessman, uh, it's not that you had to be a businessman. Or if you were born into the uh, household of a uh, of a soldier, it didn't didn't mean that you had to be a soldier. Um, uh, it was it was completely based on your consciousness. So you could be born in any of those four divisions, but if your consciousness was of the other, then that's where you would 
um, you would focus your, uh, your, your activities in life. So these five brothers uh, belonged to the, they were part of the royal family, royal household. Uh, they were thoroughbred um, soldiers and warriors. Um, that's where they feel fulfilled. They, they, they love to govern and manage people and help people uh, oh, uh, and, and help people with protection and, and help them um, and, help, and create an environment for them to uh, spiritually grow. That was the real purpose of the administration class, to, to govern the country in such a way that the people within the kingdom uh, did not have unnecessary worries in life materially, and therefore they could uh, dovetail uh, their propensities and their consciousness and their inherent qualities in perfecting their life, in, in going towards self-realization and, and spiritualizing their whole existence. So this is what they wanted to do. Um, and rightfully, uh, they had every right to ask for it as well because it was their kingdom that was now being managed uh, by a ruler um, that shouldn't have actually been in rule. Um, and Duryodhan, uh, the cousin king, um, basically told them, I will not give you that much, I will not even give you a piece of land through which you can put a pin through. That means I will not give you anything. It was a shocking um, event for the Pandavas. Um, of course, probably they weren't surprised to hear this because they know of the king's the atrocities. Um, and they looked uh, for various ways, they, various methods and ways to negotiate and, and make him understand. Uh, but, but he wouldn't give in. He, he, he stuck to his um, envy and anger towards uh, the Pandava brothers. And, and, and he said uh, there, was, there was no way he was going to share anything with those uh, five brothers. So eventually, as um, um, soldiers, um, as warriors, they decided it was perhaps uh, they had to use the last option, which was go to war. Um, and that's how they decided. Um, and the, the cousin king, the Duryodhan, was quite happy. Uh, here, was a here was a chance that he could legally kill uh, these brothers, as opposed to doing it behind the scenes. Um, in those days, wars weren't fought where common people lived. Um, it's quite cowardice to, to kill innocent people um, when, when there are issues, political issues between two countries. Um, the, the, those political issues need to be sorted out separately um, and, and not have the common people drawn into it, um, especially if it is related to life and death. Um, in many of the wars that, that were fought, uh, in our times, we see how um, how so many men, women, children, the aged, um, the, uh, you know, were killed. Uh, raining bombs from the sky, basically, um, shot dead in their homes. But this was not how it was done um, years ago, um, thousands and thousands and years ago. Um, in those days, they had a huge uh, vacant place where they would all gather. And using the codes of fighting, um, they would fight. Um, and, and so that's why this place, that's why they had gathered at this place of Kurukshetra, 
so that so that they can fight it out while people back in the in the towns and villages and cities carried on with their life and they were absolutely ready to welcome any victorious king because that was the culture and the tradition that they had um the kings could fight and argue and kill each other um but then no matter who the kings were um they would come back uh, or take over the new land and rule it as per the codes of uh, justice that all the kings would follow um so when the war was about to start um the main one of the uh, famous archer the famous fighter um on the pandava side was arjuna um arjuna um was acclaimed as one of the best warrior um, that ever lived um his skills were unmatched unparalleled um and he had weapons uh, special weapons that that nobody else had um he was very courageous very powerful very strong and he was also a very nice um person he was second in line his older brother yudhishthir um uh, who was known for his uh, for his incredible um attachment to justice and honesty and truth uh, he would be the king so arjuna was basically uh, fighting this war to help his brother, brother uh, regain the lost kingdom so as they assembled and you had all the armies working out their formations and um their place on the battlefield um and and they were pretty much ready now um to fight they were just waiting for a signal from either side to commence um uh, this act of war um arjuna told his um so arjuna was on a chariot driven by beautiful horses um and he had his uh, best friend uh, krishna uh, drive driving his chariot um he told krishna his charioteer um can you please um take me uh between the armies uh, i i want i want to see my opponents i want to see whom i'm fighting with a good sportsman always you know they they want to know what's happening uh even before the war has started they want to study their uh their their enemy they want to you know see who's there and and what could be their strength and weaknesses so it was probably a um a competitive analysis that he wanted uh to do so uh, he said please krishna please take me there so uh krishna took this beautiful beautiful uh chariot um pretty much in between the two armies and as the chariot uh moved between them uh arjuna was probably uh, looking at um, the people gathered there the great admirals and generals and lieutenants and captains and what not and krishna stopped uh in front um uh, where his where arjuna's own teacher um and his uh, grandfather uh were waiting to fight him uh, it just so happened that the very teacher uh, who taught arjuna all the martial skills um was on the opposing side and so was his beloved uh, grandfather um and then as he scanned that crowd um he began to feel more and more that he didn't actually want to fight this war um because he could see that the people on the other side were basically uh, his friends and his relatives and his well wishes even some of them and 
he just couldn't understand what was the need to kill these beautiful people, these, these people who are a part of my life. What am I going to gain um, by fighting this war? And it got him so depressed and so confused um, that he decided that he was not going to fight. And he rests his weapon and says to Krishna, Krishna, I won't fight this war. Just imagine if you are a, if you are one of the world's biggest sports person and you are in the finals. Um, the entire world is watching this World Cup event, and everything rides on you. You are the star athlete, and just before participating, just before a minute or two or ten minutes before, you're on the field. Everyone's watching you. You you're looking at all of them. You're in your outfits. You're ready to go, and then you say, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I want to run uh, this 100-meter race. I don't think I want to play this 90-minute of soccer game. I don't think I want to play this uh, bowler in this cricket game or, or, or a basketball game, any sport. You just give up. And that's basically what happened to Arjuna, and that on a battlefield, uh, which could be, which, which is one of the toughest situation you could be in. Um, yeah. As I said before, it was, it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of upholding truth and justice. Um, it's about it's about upholding your uh, your own uh, status in society, and it's about. Uh, creating an example for all those who are dependent on you and who are watching you um, and relying on you uh, to win. Uh, when, when, you, when you give up like that, when you absolutely let go of everything you, you stand for and for others, and, and you're so withdrawn and caved in, um, and you can't make that next move, your body is probably feeling weak and you just don't know what to say and what to do and you just can't figure out how to come out of that kind of environment, that's when you need a coach, a teacher. Um, and Krishna, his friend, who's, uh, who's also driving uh, Arjuna's chariot, uh, is that coach. And Krishna, uh, over that duration uh, of 45 minutes or perhaps uh, slightly more, um, instructs him uh, about... Uh, the purpose of life, about understanding um, different facets of material life and spiritual life, um, and how one should perform his duty, um, how one should um, use the results that he gets from performing that duty, uh, his outlook to life. Um, so many, so many, so many jewels of wisdom um, get shared on that battlefield. Uh, so much so that it's still valid in today's world. Um, and this is what uh, we will cover in our podcast of here. So this is a quick introduction, a quick background um, into, um, into the Bhagavad Gita. Um, the, the, the main characters is basic. The main character is basically uh, uh, Arjuna, uh, the fighter, and Krishna, uh, the coach. Uh, Krishna is also considered uh, in the Indian uh, 
Hindu tradition as the supreme personality of Godhead. He is the God uh, who had taken the time to spend time with his uh, beloved uh, devotee uh, to help him get through this, uh, this problem and thereby create an example um, for the whole world um, to understand and follow in their, in their footsteps. Uh, we'll go uh, deeper and deeper into this, uh, the philosophy that is shared on this battlefield. Um, and it's an absolutely a wonderful, wonderful book and uh, definitely worth a read in one's lifetime. It's worth reading this book with an open mind, um, without any prejudice, um, without, a, without a very closed outlook. Uh, knowledge should never be uh, discarded. Um, it should be accepted, and especially knowledge from the ancient days uh, where they had no other purpose uh, of, uh, for profit or adoration. Um, they did it to uplift mankind and to reinstate him um, in the actual purpose of life. And, and that is Bhagavad Gita. Uh, Bhagavad Gita, um, as it is, is the book that we will be using. Uh, it's a book that was uh, uh, translated by His Divine Grace, uh, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada, uh, who's the founder, Acharya, of the International Society uh, for Krishna Consciousness. A book uh, that he translated with so much endeavor, with so much love, with so much care, um, and it's been translated to almost every language in the world, and is the world's uh, largest selling edition um, uh, over the last uh, 40, 45 years. I highly recommend you get your own copy. Uh, let me know uh, if you would like to get a copy and I can point you in the right direction. Uh, but this is the book that you need to get uh, of all the editions that you could possibly get, lay your hands on. Bhagavad Gita, as it is, is what, is what you need because there is no speculation, there is no contamination by the false um, or the weakness of the author. It is translated um, as it is, the way it was spoken 5,000 years ago. It is presented to you in that same spirit um, with, with highly illuminating uh, purpose or, or explanation uh, by um, His Divine Grace, uh, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Um, who's fondly known as the founder of the, the Hare Krishna movement in the Western world and also has spread it um, in, in, in other parts of the world as well. So thank you so much for taking this time to uh, have a quick listen to the introduction uh, of this podcast. Um, and I hope uh, you have a, a great time uh, listening to it and I welcome um, your questions and hopefully we can discuss them and uh, have a better idea on on where to go with our lives. Thank you very much. Looking forward to catching up with you in the next podcast. Hare Krishna.